0: Welcome to the Pirates Fan Forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. I'm your host, Gary Morgan. With me, as always, is my good friend Jim Stam. Jim, how do you intro a show when your team just stakes?
1: It's been a hell of a week, or maybe a hell of a couple weeks. Uh, That's a great question. And um, you know what? I think we've both had some time to sit back and think about it. And I think think we're going to have some pretty good insight on this today. So I, I, I hope people have tuned in, and I hope they stick with it.
0: Well, let's start with something I think we probably overlook when we're talking about all the ups and downs of players. Today, I'd like to talk a little bit about culture. So you know, creating a culture only happens when the example is set at the executive level. So you have to start with Bob. You know, Bob's a guy that thinks he only has to talk when something good happens. Signed Brian Hayes to a record-setting contract. Now I'll come talk to the people because something notably good has happened. Never spend money. Unless the attrition of arbitration forces your hand, it leads to executives who fear losing prospects and fear an extension that doesn't work out more than they fear losing. Everything that the top does affects the next level down, all the way down to coaches. Culture's not being built here in Pittsburgh. We can worry about where the system is, and rightly we should. But I worry much more that culture has not changed. And I feel like we put a little bit too much trust in Travis Williams and Ben Charrington's ability to do so. Because we all still have that elephant in the room of Bob Nutting. And if he doesn't change or show that something's changing, I think we're going to see the culture kind of stand still. What do you think?
1: Yeah. Hey, you know, the first thing that pops into my mind when you say that is, is, um, and I know we have a lot of people here in Pittsburgh that listen to the show, but uh, we also have a lot of people that, you know, are from elsewhere and maybe they're just pirate fans and whatever. So California
0: is want... especially well represented.
1: Yeah. Yeah. So they may not be familiar with this aspect, but, you know, what I was going to mention was is, you take a look at like the Pitt football team and what Pat Narduzzi has done there and all you hear about, and I'm talking like not just from them, I'm talking like players, families, and people that cover the team and people outside that have to you know interact with the team. And they talk about culture, 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 and how it's changed and how it's shifted and how much of an effort that is taking and, and has taken in a place where many of the things we talk about that ail the Pirates, ailed the pit football program. Absolutely. And it takes a huge, huge undertaking to do that. And so it's the first thing that hit hit me is like, it's not impossible. It's hard, but it can be done. And I think there are a lot of signs here that just, you know, it's hard to act like you've been there when you've never been there. Right. And I think that that is where kind of we are with the Bob Nutting situation and what kind of trickles down. Does that make sense?
0: It, it does because, you know, I've often said I don't think that he could walk down, you know, Ro- General Robinson Street handing out $100 bills to people and have any of the people that received a $100 bill call him a good owner if they were interviewed five minutes later by someone
1: from ESPN. It'd be a cool story for him. That's about it.
0: Point is, I don't think that any gesture he really has to give is, is going to be received well enough by the fan base to, to affect any kind of a change on the way he is. It's a long-term process for him to get respect back. That doesn't mean that he can, can't start doing things a little differently. You know, maybe maybe, Tell Ben Charrington, instead of waiting for him to decide it, tell him. You'd like to start locking up players. It would be good for PR, if nothing else. You know, there there are ways that he can affect some change there. He can talk to the media more often. And, and you may not like what he has to say, but I always respect someone that at least come out and talk. At least come out and tell your story. At least come out and explain yourself.
1: Sure. Hey, there are other owners in baseball that have taken that approach. You know, I think you've seen um, Cohen with the Mets do it. And you've seen Milwaukee, and they've been very communicative with their fans.
0: Very. We Um, just talked about that a couple weeks ago. That was refreshing in a way. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I mean, you saw what the Orioles GM said the other day. I mean, he gave some really clear Uh, thoughts on how they were going to approach things and i mean you know and spend and that most of it was still going to come from arbitration type escalating you know the payroll but they were going to go out and try to target some things and um you know like so those are the things that like you would hope to see you mentioned about travis williams what you know, I want to go the office space meme here, which is what would you say it is you do here? <laughs> and, uh, you know, it, that's kind of where we're at with him sometimes. Like, I, I I assume he's a busy man, but it certainly hasn't been what I am envisioned his role being, Gary.
0: Yeah, and at I think least the occasionally. Things, the things that you can attribute to Travis Williams right now that are tangible really are the, the new bars in the outfield. Um, the standing room only stuff, the new kids play area, the big right. bobbleheads out there, naming things after famous home run calls out out in the outfield, that kind of stuff, the fan experience aspect.
1: Which has opening been great, up, by the opening way. Opening those... up
0: those month-long tickets for standing room only for like 20-some dollars, I think, was another one of his initiatives. Actually seen it have some effect with the kids, which is why it makes sense to have the new kiddie land up, out there.
1: It, it they've been great improvements but
0: but that's that's the kind of <laughs> stuff he's working on and i think a lot of us thought he was going to come in and just help communicate a little better especially coming from I the did. penguins that's what i right. thought too so i've been disappointed by that but i don't i don't see that changing i think it's pretty clear what his role is and he has absolutely no fingers in the baseball player pie he has nothing to do with how much is spent he has nothing to do with any of right. that They've yeah. made that a very clear delineation. So you have Bob Nutting. And the only thing he could really do is come out and directly say, um, I've authorized spending. Ben Charrington isn't spending right now because Ben Charrington doesn't think it's the way he wants to pull this bill off. But he's allowed, if, he, if there's a guy he wants, he can go get him.
1: Yeah, that's a great point. Something just as simple as that. Um, And maybe that's
0: not true. Maybe it really is, Bob. But I'm just saying, if it's not, (laughs) come out and say it. Because I'm not saying that everybody will believe you. In fact, probably won't. But come out, be on the record, throw it over the wall at your GM, let your GM have to explain why he has chosen not to right now, even by way of outlining a little bit of what you're thinking.
1: Yeah, well, and and if Bob, and if it's true that it is Bob, well, then I would ask then, two questions is is, uh why is ben sherrington still here i sure wouldn't be yeah Uh, you know uh if i was him and two i mean then he wasn't then he wasn't being told the truth when he took the job so i tend to agree that it is right now ben sherrington whatever that look we're not talking a hundred million dollars here of extra payroll um
0: not at this point but the point is you know when, when, whatever when we, it is yeah when we go oh hey it was great cantana did well for a month but maybe next year let's spend a little more than two million what do you say you know i want to know whose decision that is i want to know is ben doing that because ben thinks if i got an expensive pitcher it would slow something down because i think that's delusional but i also don't want to believe that it's bob telling him he can't spend five
1: what you're saying right now and uh, then, then we'll get to break. Um, but what you're saying right there is I don't think that's unreasonable to, to ask. I don't either. We're not asking for, you know, the the, the trade secrets and the, the nuclear launch codes of what you want to do. That's a simple thing you can kind of establish and let the fans know a little bit more about what your thought process is. Yeah.
0: Accountability dies in the dark. So I'm saying light this puppy up. Let's take a quick break. Let's come back. Let's talk about another announcer trying to hold the Pirates accountable. Fan forum here on DK Pittsburgh Sports Podcast Network. Gary and Jim, with you. Sorry, we went a little long in the first segment, but we got all off on our soapboxes about the Pirates not building a culture here. And one would think, Jim, after all this time, we would have been long past over that.
1: Hey, when you're having a good segment, it's hard to shut it down, and we just had a good <laughs> segment, so.
0: It really is. So let's have a little fun. Let's join the fray with everybody else who has an opinion on the Dennis Eckersley comments. Um, You know, for those of you that don't know, um, I would like the address of your rock so I can send a Christmas card. (laughs) But uh, Dennis Eckersley on the broadcast the other day, and a lot of people heard it because that was MLB's choice for the
1: uh, perfect for
0: the broadcast. (laughs) during the game he said you talk about a no-name lineup there's no team like this this is a hodgepodge of nothingness it's ridiculous it really is pathetic now he was talking about the pittsburgh pirates not your wife's cooking
1: and he is a red Sox announcer just not your golf else. game yes yes
0: he was talking about the Pittsburgh Pirates. And, you know, there was a range of reactions. I mean, people people on Twitter were doing everything from hating Eckersley for saying it to thinking it was absurd that an opposition announcer would do that. Um
1: It's crazy, isn't it? How much it got? Like, man. Uh, it
0: was all over the place. And then, you know, of course, half of Pirates Twitter completely agreed with, with the comments and, and felt that they were warranted and acceptable and wondrous. So, as usual, I probably don't really fall into any of those buckets. I think that Eckersley's comments were uh, weird. I've really not often heard opposition announcers do that sort of thing. I don't think there was anything wrong with what he said. But I think his targets were really the management and the ownership. And he kind of went after the players. And... There's supposed to be a little bit of a brotherhood there with with ex players, especially Hall of Fame ex players. You know they tend to be a little bit more demure about that sort of thing. So I was a little a little bothered by it. I certainly don't see him as a hero, but I don't care. <laughs> what do you think, Jim?
1: Yeah, it, it was incredible to see the legs that thing had. It man, it just you know the spokes on it were all over the place, and you you kind of covered it from fans it was that, crazy
0: what i was more entertained watching social media yeah than i was even like formulating my own opinion about the the comments i didn't even bother saying anything until the next day because i was like well, I, i'm not touching this right now i'm just gonna sit back and watch
1: well it's funny you mentioned that because i was actually at the game so i'm seeing twitter just uh you know explode right my timeline yeah, yeah. everything and i didn't throw hot
0: dogs up at the broadcast booth or, <laughs> or what was going on
1: yeah it, it was well the game was a little rough the pirates got one hit through the first seven innings so you know maybe i'm glad i didn't read it and uh, listen to it then because maybe right. i would have bought into it a little more but like so then i finally got home and that's whenever i have time to sit there and kind of look at things and you know there are just the certain things at the ballpark you can't you can't do and um, I read it, I listened to it, saw some reactions to it. I just kind of shrugged. I, you know, like, I, I thought it was, like you said, a little weird and maybe misguided, like he was... Yeah, yeah. He, he uh, But overall, did he have a point? Yeah. Is it anything really that I don't think everybody um, hasn't at one time? or another thought about kind of sometimes what the Pirates are doing with their lineups.
0: Well, what did you think of the angle to it where that Greg Brown immediately went with the next day? Because Greg Brown lightning rod that he is was on the fan. And I guess he said that basically Eckersley had no right to say that because the Pirates were in better shape than the Red Sox which is insane. Because they have a great farm system, which the Red Sox do too. And <laughs> and uh, because the Pirates' payroll is so much lower, it's okay that they're where they are. But Boston being in last place in the AL East with the sixth highest payroll is ridiculous.
1: Mm, well, which I would say... I, go ahead.
0: I'm sure Boston fans would agree. But that just means you spent your money poorly and you've been really injured, right?
1: So... Yeah, see that's where i that's where me and greg will have to um you know take different forks in the road because i look at it like you don't get to talk about teams and 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 those payroll things that he he immediately jumped to if you're part of an organization that i don't feel has honestly tried to do everything they can do to win over the years and you know, like you said, with Boston, is it ain't for lack of trying,
0: right, it ain't right. for lack
1: of spending. If it doesn't work, it's because whatever they could do, they are trying to do it. So that's where I have a little problem with Greg going there. Is um, you can't always say that about the Pirates. We know that. Um, there have been times where um, they you could can't, have done you more. You can't
0: say it even this year. You know, I mean, we don't even need right. to go back in history.
1: Yeah, I mean, so that that's 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 where I I don't like going there. Um, if you're if you're the Tampa Bay Rays and you want to say that, and you're the, you're an um, announcer for them, then I get it.
0: Well, to be fair, you know, Greg, you know, he called a couple World Series championships this year already when when they swept LA and and the Dodgers, or uh-huh. you know, out there, and when they swept the Yankees, it was those were world series championships really i mean according to greg because that to him that those small market teams or the teams that spend like the pirates which you know he's only got a couple other choices should he ever leave they uh <laughs> when they beat goliath boy i mean that's where it's at so i mean for him I, he's kind of already got that edge to him anyway so I, I would expect sure. his comments to be right in that in that realm, right? And yeah, he's predictable. A he's a predictable. homer. I mean, he's a homer. Yeah. He lives here, he works here. This is his team. But as far as accuracy goes, I don't care. I personally would prefer that no announcers would really be talking like that about anybody's team, really. But uh, and like I, I would find it distasteful if Greg Brown did it to um, the Reds on Thursday, and I hate the Reds, you know. So,
1: well, you know, it's an interesting dynamic too. This is something I that I thought of, and uh, I did want to ask you about because baseball has a little bit of a different dynamic, doesn't it? Because with these announcers being employees of the teams. And then also a lot of them being former players. There seems to be a different kind of code in baseball. Because I think when we watch like the NFL and uh, NHL and there are, there's there's guys that are paid to analyze things and they bring in their own broadcast teams, it seems a little bit more acceptable. Uh, yeah. But there seems to be a line that was crossed here and players big time did not like it. Um, which as a player i get it and i loved the responses if you don't respond like that as a player um then i would suggest that you know you might want to look inward
0: too you're, i mean you're it, mainly talking about brian reynolds and will crow brian reynolds crow.
1: Yeah. Uh, i think uh, maybe someone else had a had a had a comment about it <laughs> will
0: crows was rather expletive laced <laughs> yeah yeah <laughs> yeah he yeah, just so, he had
1: it. it it was just there's there was a different dynamic to it that uh, it surprised me a little bit and um, it got me thinking about just how different it is in the sports than in baseball. It seemed really kind of like a taboo thing to do.
0: I mean, so the other thing that it really leads you to is, you know, he is right. It's a lot of no name players, but I mean, part of that is a lot of them are very young players. So of course yeah. you're not going to know who they are. So
1: misguided is what I was saying about yeah, some of it.
0: So realistically, what does this team do the rest of the year here if, if we were to at least sit back and go, okay, we're developing kids? <laughs> what, what would you have them do? Because technically, I could tell you they shouldn't play Ben Gamble anymore because they've got kids they need to audition. Like, shouldn't we be watching Travis Waggerty realistically?
1: You asking, or is that rhetorical? I'm asking.
0: Like th- these are the kind of conversations I think we need to have about the roster because I, all I see are complaints about the lineup. I totally get it, but who goes? Who stays? Who comes up? Because we're not making a trade now. No. So the team is the team. So what are we doing? What what what? <laughs> what where, who who do you want to Indeed. see go? Who have you seen enough
1: of? Uh, me personally, I mean, I think that you've got the obvious answers. That um, there's a
0: reasonable replacement for it because I think we could both go into catcher, but mm-hmm. you know, for what they have to offer, Jason Delay and and Tyler Heidemann are what they've got. There yeah, isn't yeah. anybody better at AAA. There isn't anybody ready from AA. I wouldn't advise bringing up Andy or Henry.
1: And trust so, me, there is not a thinner group of. Free agents to go after and look at, or fringe guys than there are at major league catcher. If there's anybody that has a pulse, he is on a team. <laughs> you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like, it's and, just... and when
0: you see the alternative too, when you don't, there it's Godoy. Oh
1: man. So yeah,
0: I'm just saying like that's what there is right now. Right. Let's just pretend free agents and waiver claims aren't going to come up.
1: Yeah. Let's focus yeah.
0: on what we have.
1: Well, I mean you know I think so we're...
0: when we when we have the caveat that you have to be able to replace it reasonably with somebody that you think could be better where do we go who's 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 got enough van meter's the the obvious choice who comes up for him
1: well it depends on even what you want to say he's doing i mean is he even you know he's such a
0: let's just say bat for bat
1: okay so not not necessarily been worrying about.
0: He's barely playing realistically, right. so it doesn't really matter what position it is.
1: I mean, I, I it's a little puzzling to me. Like a Swaggerty's not back up here, and we're not seeing anything with him. Um, I would have hoped we would have seen Bay by now, but I you know he's been hurt, and yeah, so right. that that has derailed things a little bit. Um. They've done the, the the back and forth with Cal Mitchell a little bit now. I don't even know what he's done since he went back down. So I don't even know if there's a reason, you
0: know He's hitting so. okay again. Okay. I mean like he he's an he's an okay hitter. I mean I think he maxes out as like a two sixty hitter. Yeah. In major leagues. So I wouldn't expect him to earth shatter anybody. Right. You
1: know? Right. Um I mean, I'm glad Castro is back up. He's actually.
0: He's been one of the better hitters recently.
1: Yeah. You know, he's looked like a little bit better, different of a player, uh, all things aside. But um, you've got. um, Bly Madras is is really, really struggling. He really is. Um,
0: I mean, so I have to ask. Mason Martin has struggled all season long. There's your first base prospect. I don't think he's ready. I think Nunez is ready.
1: I think if you called Mason Martin up to face Major League Pitching, it would be a disaster. I I, I I, think he's still that far away.
0: Yeah, so I'm not sure there's much to be done there. You know, it almost feels like it's going to be just Bly and Chavis, but wouldn't it be nice to just see them give Chavis a run? He's actually started handling right-handers a little better recently. Maybe let's just let him play. Let him be the majority guy. Let him play five days. Maybe we've decided he's a platoon player before we knew. Let's let's see.
1: I don't have a problem with it. Like you said, I don't know what the, uh, especially at that position, what are your options, you know? Right. Um,
0: You know, Kevin Newman's doing pretty well. No reason to do anything there. Good mm -hmm. chance they're going to pick up his first year of arbitration too. You know, O'Neal Cruz, I don't know. He's under 200 again. Um, yeah. I don't know that I would send him down. I don't think there's anything else for him to conquer down there. But I do think that somebody has to harness a swing. I heard he's even bringing in uh, a private scout. Or a private uh, coach. Yeah. That he uses.
1: Well, I don't um, know if you saw the Neil Walker uh, comments about Cruz.
0: No, and, what did uh, he say?
1: Uh, he was, you know, pretty. Uh, it was pretty forthcoming. He just said, "I'm seeing a guy who's just not making any adjustments." Uh, you know, just flat out. I I thought he was very candid with his comments, perhaps even surprisingly so, that um, he's just not making any adjustments. He's and it doesn't appear that he is trying to.
0: Um, I'm not sure I agree with that. Yeah. I mean, I trust his. Well, li- you know, <laughs> I trust that, his. I trust his eye. I do, but I'm not sure that I that I'm seeing the same thing. I, this
1: I feel was, like this I feel was two like days I, ago in the trip. I think is where he he had those comments.
0: I, I totally believe you, and I and I totally trust that Neil sees what Neil sees, and yeah. he, everyone should lean towards him as far as who's right. I'm just saying I don't see that. i I've seen him make a couple adjustments, and I actually think they've been detrimental adjustments. because I'd like it's been more of an adjustment to his approach and swinging the bat fewer times is not good for a kid that just needs to make contact one out of three
1: swings. Mm -hmm. Well, you know, there, we've talked about this too before is approach can mean a lot of things. Are you talking about pitch approach? You know how, you know, how you're handling your at bat or are you talking about, uh, Swing approach and uh, things of that nature. So those can be two very different things. Right. I'll so I'm seeing adjustments, but at... I'm
0: not seeing mechanical adjustments. I'm seeing just adjustments in general, and I think they've been bad. For like, if I'm training that kid right now and I want to make him usable while I'm training him right now, a bad at bat for me from O'Neill Cruz is one in which he doesn't swing the bat three times. So. I don't think he should be taking a strike that doesn't get swung at. Meaning you're saying he's
1: not swinging enough?
0: No. Not at all. Yeah. Okay. He's I'm just taking, making sure. He's taking way too many strikes, and he needs to be swinging at strikes. That's what he needs to be hunting strike zone early.
1: Early. Yeah. Yes. I mean, he, he wants, you know, I mean, we already know. They've made him too tentative. I know. They've, I they've know, preached Gary.
0: against it, and they've made him too tentative, and they're in his head. So at this point, you may have to consider that he might have to go back down. And I know this place is going to lose their mind and they're going to start quoting RBI numbers and and home run totals, and I, I completely get that. But the kid is not right. He's just very talented. And he's overcoming not being right. You can make this kid into a real superstar if this team has the right training in place, and I can't say they do.
1: But I can say the major
0: league hitting approach and the coach is not helping him.
1: No, it's a real tough call right now with him, I think. Um, Part of me wants to see him fight through it at this level. But there's another part of me that says, man, he is really struggling. He's up over, I think, like 42% K right now. And um we've got what um maybe 40 or 50 games left um how long would you let this go looking like that uh, i i don't know i think it's a real it's a real tough question um so yeah
0: i mean i lean i lean keep him up here just because i don't think he's going to see the type of breaking pitches in triple a that are really going to challenge him. And I
1: tend to agree with you.
0: And I do think they need to stop sitting him against uh, lefties periodically. I think they need to just leave him in there and let him see more and more pitching. I don't I care agree. what it is.
1: I would, I, I would him run out. him out there. I would run him out there and say, dude, just don't think about it. Yeah. Just go out and try to play, be aggressive, take advantage of some of his natural abilities. It's been um, a long
0: time since we've seen that smile from coming around second base, right? Yeah,
1: yeah. It,
0: it, the kid's not having a good time right now. So when I when we talk about like sending him down, of course he isn't going to want to get sent down. Of course it's not fun. But that kid is not enjoying his life right now. That's not the kid that came up here. That's a kid that has gotten punched in the
1: face by Major League Baseball. Mm-hmm. Yeah, he's fighting through some things right now, yeah. or trying to. Yeah, um, but yeah, I mean, even so, even when we get there, like, I think, I think where you're going with all this is, is like, you know, look, w- w- the, the lineups that are getting released, no one's, they're not where they need to be, and no one's happy with seeing the lineups right now. But True. aside from a couple options of guys that I think I'd love to see, I, I like, we've already talked about with Swaggerty and Bay if he gets healthy here. And gets right. what Sawinski, Sawinski, you would love back to yeah. see, but those are the guys, right? I don't know that we're talking about anybody else, are we?
0: Certainly, that's, and that's,
1: it's certainly not on a pitching side of things. I mean,
0: that's, we'll see. I could see um, I could see somebody like Michael Burrows, maybe getting a cameo at the end of the year. Or something That's like fine. That.
1: I meant more, you know, like now till the end. Like I right. don't see that being a thing.
0: What I'm mostly worried about is guys that are borderline 40 man people. Like we talked about, maybe it's time to send Bly down. We kind of glazed over it. I, I guess for me, I feel like Bly needs to just get till the end of the season. And this is his audition to prove whether he's worth a forty-man spot or not.
1: Yeah.
0: And if he fails, he fails. If he has an epic bad cold streak that lasts until October, man, I'm sorry, dude. You know.
1: Yeah. <laughs> You're gonna have
0: to move on because those spots are precious.
1: You know. And he's not—he's not a young cat. You know. Right. And so they already have time.
0: too many outfielders to begin with. So. Right. You know, you've got other people that you're going to have to start looking into into making sure you hold on to, and I just think uh, that's what I'd be using this year for, just checking those boxes. Like, I'd want to get Cody Bolton up here in the bullpen because he's been kind of floating between starting and bullpen. Mm-hmm. I'd want to get him up here and let him play in the bullpen, get him on the 40 man, at least make it that kind of decision. Right. Because if you well, leave let me- him exposed, he will get taken.
1: Right. Well, let, let let me throw out one more name um, uh, that we didn't talk about, and where because he, he is another one that you kind of have to make a decision on at some point. What do you think about Greg Allen at this point? Yes. No.
0: Yes. Yeah, so far, man, unimpressed. I, he has some bursts where, like, he almost has like I could take over a game if I want to. Like in him. Yeah. You know he's got a little bit of pop. He can drive it to the gap. He gets it out there. He's gonna take two or three bases on you. Sure. He gets a single. He could turn it into a double. He's he's almost stolen home a couple times. I mean, he's worked his way into being in that position in the first place. So he's super exciting when he gets on base. Just don't get on base enough. Needs to either draw more walks or really embrace bunting, because you know that's a way he could get on more quickly. Yeah, but
1: and I, and I was looking, too, like, um, he's 29. Right. He'll be 30 by the time spring training rolls around.
0: The only reason I was interested in him at all is because if they're going to lose Ben Gamble, he's a nice, cheap, replaceable veteran right there. Mm-hmm. That switch hitter gives you a little bit of flexibility. He's a good bench outfielder.
1: Well, wait a second. I thought we were getting... Andrew McCutcheon back. I thought that that was the the, the <laughs> latest thing on Twitter today when I started posting all his stats. Andrew the... Andrew
0: trying to cash out with a ring, son. Yeah. So you know if the <laughs> Pirates were in position and you know uh, right now, and next year was the go for it year,
1: you could make I, you could make a I, case for it. I, I for wouldn't sure. laugh
0: at the situation. Yeah. But for right now, ho ho ho.
1: Right, right, right. He's probably Greg Allen's probably a guy at this point. Um, I'm okay with washing my hands up pretty soon here. I, yeah. I, I,
0: so let's do that then. Then get Sewinski back up here. Yeah. Or Swaggerty or whatever. Get them guys some reps. I I would I don't know Cal Mitchell. If you're gonna keep him, keep him. Bring him up. Don't whatever. But just leave him somewhere. Like I kind of don't get like the back and forth thing. <laughs> Maybe it's just because he takes it well. I don't really know, man.
1: Yeah. Well, they've done this now with Cal, good bet. Um, if Bly continues to struggle like he's doing right now, he's probably going to go back down. Um, yeah. So, you know, and and maybe that's a little bit of a concern too, is like, man, it's just, we didn't even talk about Diego Castillo. You know, what are we doing with him the rest of the year? I mean, he's um, been hitting
0: in AAA pretty well. Right. Hey, that's uh, that's a good van meter right there, right? Yeah,
1: right? I think right there is a good a good replacement That so if, you know, if you... we
0: made those those changes that we discussed, because pitching we again I don't think it's there. Not right now. No. Um no. So
1: But those are three or four guys, Gary, yeah, I think we could see. If we made those changes
0: out. it's marginally better. Right. I think they'd play a little better. But I mean I, I just Something it's- else has happened. Something else broke. You know, I can't believe dealing Quintana does this much damage. You know, I can't imagine dealing Vogelback does this much damage. But it sure feels like the sky is falling, man. Ever since the All Star break, it's just been brutal. And David Bednar, too. But we're talking about a closer, and they have not been failing and closing situations except for once during this miserable streak so yeah that's not it either
1: no but these are guys whether they're playing or closing out games or whatever they have a little bit more confidence to them and their abilities yeah yeah and when you have some young guys on a team and they're struggling you know, let's be honest, even for Brian Reynolds, this has been a tough year. Even though miraculously you look at his numbers and you're like, Man, they're actually not that bad. No. But it it has been a grind for Brian. It has. Reynolds.
0: He has battled through and I'm just gonna put it out in the universe. Let's not have another kid next year, Brian. Like <laughs> let's uh let's just play baseball next year, okay? Let's yeah. take a break. Let's uh Well
1: let's... well, couple things. That keeps him away from the minivan. First of all, he right. doesn't have to get the minivan. He's still
0: in Sudanville.
1: Right. So he gets to keep all, some of his dude card. You could even and have then, a truck. Yeah. You can even, I mean, he's he looks like a truck guy. He's too, a truck guy, know? I would have to yeah. assume. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, but I mean, Brian Reynolds has been fighting for his life this Absolutely. year. Absolutely. Uh, you know, it has not been easy, which I think is a testament, actually, to him to have the numbers that he does. Um, Yes, he struggled with runners in scoring position, but sometimes that just happens. I don't think that that's indicative of him in his career.
0: Yeah, Hayes has had a really bad year. I mean, like, I think there's both with the glove too, like just the error numbers. And I know he's done some spectacular things, but that's, come on. Even you defenders out there got to know that that's too many errors for Cabrian Hayes to make in a season, and he would be the first to tell you.
1: Cabrian Hayes would would argue with you that you're wrong he 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 shouldn't be making that many errors definitely absolutely
0: so now his brother he might tell you that that he should be able to make 40 but you know the the dude is not having his best season you know And,
1: and and that's probably what we're looking at too is like there's been a convergence of some bad here right yeah um individually collectively as a team record wise they've had to trade a couple guys right. off uh they haven't had to they did trade a couple guys off they've had some guys that um you know bednar does make a difference whether he's you know closing games or not
0: Gary yeah, Delos Santos too
1: right he's yeah he's now on the sixty day he's done for the year. Yep. So you know these are just things that like it's not been pretty. Um, we'll see how the rest of these last month and a half go. This last month and a half goes. But there's just been a real convergence of some bad.
0: Dude, fingers crossed, too, that Keller doesn't have dead arm. Right. Because if he does, oh, oh, oh. it's going to get real fun. I mean, yeah, we might see them stretching out Will Crow. <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. You're right. No, you're right. Tyler Beatty's going to be an ace here pretty soon at that point.
0: Yeah, I mean, the thing is, it just, at some the point... Keller,
1: the Keller thing's another big thing. Like, that happened, too. Like, it's been a lot. It's been yeah. a lot to deal with.
0: When you get to this point in the season, though, um, yeah, now it's it's about just answering as many questions as you can. Getting through the war of attrition, you kind of hope that some of these kids start to come together a little bit. I just feel like right now they lack the glue to make it stick so um and i I think changing lineups constantly works with veterans it doesn't work with kids it screws with their heads man it really does you got to give them something to hold on to you know like if you send 10 people running at a wall and tell them to climb it nine of them might make it over but one of them might need you to kind of like help them along and show them the footholds and everything. Right. And make sure they get there, you know? <laughs>
1: like, right. And, and, and a lot of people today like like to like to throw out there with the batting order is like, what well, does it doesn't matter? What well, it matters, it matters because the players think it matters. You know, so there's, there, there is that expectation of wanting to come to the ballpark and knowing if you're playing and where are you playing and where are you batting. You know, there is, there's a consistency to baseball that I think is, 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 um, overlooked sometimes by people.
0: I miss it, man. I I, I remember, you know, when my friends were all busy, like on summer evenings, I'd go outside and play wiffle ball by myself, like throw the ball up in the air and like hit it. And I'd go through the pirates lineup exactly in the order they always did. Wally Backman, Jay Bell, (laughs) Andy Van Slyke, Barry Bonds, Bobby Bonilla, like straight through the lineup.
1: You You went straight killer bees. Yeah, and I'd switch it
0: both ways. You know, like I'd do whatever they did. If Andy was lefty, so was I. Bonds. But you couldn't do that today. We just don't have the same lineup twice. Ever. (laughs) And, like, I just don't know how, as a player, I would feel about that.
1: But... Well, and that's another thing that did happen the other night with uh, taking it back to uh, the Red Sox and, and the Eckersley Commerce. Are you going to talk like,
0: about the Little League position changes?
1: Well, it was just a mess. Like, everything was a mess that night.
0: What like, a circus! It, it was. And, I think and I they tweeted and, out, like, if that's what happens when Brian Reynolds has to exit a game, you best lock him up, fool. <laughs> I mean, because, like, my God.
1: It got, it got wild. And so... Uh I'm sure that didn't help things either because they had to move everybody around. I mean I
0: honestly I I haven't seen something like that since spring training.
1: Yeah. Or um You don't or... see that in a game seven, all hands on deck were emptying out the the cupboard with relievers and uh uh, pinch runners and defensive repl- I mean like right. you wouldn't see it then let right. alone so it was well, just another listen, It was bad time I
0: feel like we're both about to like just deal a couple blows to Derek Shelton we might as well make it a fresh segment
1: because
0: <laughs> I think we have a couple of Derek Shelton things to talk about right? I think so alright let's take a quick one fan forum here on dk pittsburgh sports podcast network jen and gary with you and we're gonna start by i think we're gonna to have to just call it what it is we're gonna punt Derek shelton around a little bit because i <laughs> i think the dude needs it and uh we'll do it in honor of uh presley harvin because he is punting the hell out of the ball in practice apparently
1: and i'm not calling him shelty no matter no matter how many times you beg so it's not it's not happening
0: yeah i'll I'm not gonna ever participate in that either. So so he was on the fan and you know they basically asked him, like, how secure do you feel about your job, Shelton? You know, or Shelty, I guess as they would say. And uh he said he's very safe. And he made it really clear that he was extremely safe. And I just had something to say in my head right away, and it was F that, sir. yeah you don't get to feel safe i mean there's a lot of people on this team that don't have business saying that they're safe they shouldn't be able to hit under 200 and feel safe you shouldn't be able to have an era over five and feel safe there's a lot of people on this team that feel safe and they really shouldn't that rubbed me the wrong way, Jim, like hearing that from Derek Shelton, because I know he's not getting fired, too. I've been telling people that he wasn't going to get fired, but I don't care if he's lying or not. You shut your damn mouth and say you don't know.
1: <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, or or just say you're not you're not going to get into speculating about that. I'm trying to do the best job yeah. that I can Or that's say something any- for the offseason. Yeah, say anything, but I'm very secure. Um, it came across to me as there was an aloofness to it. Yeah. Because
0: um, you can you can explain why. You can explain why a, a manager who does back-to-back 100 lost seasons, and you know three if you really want to aggregate up 2020.
1: Which would have most certainly been one.
0: Right. So if you want to go ahead and say that you're safe after that. I think that that says a lot more than you think it says to have it's, the balls to say that on the radio to this inc- fan base.
1: It's incredibly toned up, uh, you know, and maybe, maybe he, he, he's he's a smart guy. He, he, maybe if you asked him today, he'd say, "Yeah, that was not the best answer. I just answered it." Um, you know, that, that's what he would tell you in private. Um, I hope so. I hope if he, I hope he wouldn't say the if if he had a chance to do it over, that he'd say the same thing. Um, I could tell you, maybe even as a player, I don't know if I'd appreciate hearing it all that much. Um, yeah, I, so I, I don't, I,
0: man. You I, know, and, and then you see him like in that game we were talking about where he changed like nine guys in positions. You do little league things like that. Like we're beyond like whatever you were promised, dude. Like you you're showing us like that. You've never done this before. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: He does rookie things constantly. He gets things brought to his attention by the media. And it's almost an act of kindness that they're doing so because, Oh, I never thought that I should, not sit Brian and, and Cabrian on the same freaking day at, uh, in the first home stand of the year.
1: You yeah. know, <laughs> like things that things that go. it's nice that he's candid about it, but it's, I don't need you to be
0: Earl Weaver. Yeah, but like, come on, dude. Like, there's some stuff that like the ball's been dropped, made some bad calls on on things as far as going to certain relievers at certain times where your arms were not tied behind your back.
1: Well, and you know, we, we can talk about how he handled the Reynolds ejection the other day. Um,
0: yeah. Where know, was he?
1: It was a very. Um, tacit response to it, uh, you know? Uh, so now I think Reynolds, I ironically, it was way more about accumulation of things that night than that call. But You're the manager. You can do whatever the hell you want there. Like, you know that situation. You know it's been building. He's your best player, Uh, you know. Get his back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, managers go get tossed for a lot worse stuff than that. Go
0: out there, kick some dirt, scream scream about his birthday cake in his face for TV.
1: Put on a show. Go back down the tunnel.
0: Flip a table over. Tell Brian he was balls on right. Mm Mm-hmm hit the showers, kid, you know, you know, they were against you all night and then move on with your life.
1: Yeah. I just said, it, it probably was a missed opportunity there too. Um, you know, and this, in this idea that, well, he's still learning. Well, okay. It's, you know, this isn't, <laughs> this isn't three years ago. I mean, I don't, uh, so I, you know, again, I want to stress to people, He doesn't have a ton to work with a lot of times. Yeah.
0: To sew it all up, you know, you saw the Jason Mackey piece today where he was in the newsletter that he was writing for the press of Post-Gazette. He mentioned that um, Derek Shelton wasn't getting fired next year, which we all knew, uh and that um, he couldn't see them coming back with no changes, but he couldn't see it being Andy Haynes because he's only been here a year. So he suggested Oscar Marin would be the fire. Well Oscar Marin's actually kind of made some progress I feel with the pitchers. <laughs> like yeah, I don't know that not. I'm going to do that right now. I've always felt he was tied to Keller. I still feel like he's tied to Keller. And Keller had a hell of a turnaround this year. Whether it was Marin or not.
1: Yeah, he, I mean he's there. He gets he should get some credit for it.
0: But he has a point. How do you come back from consecutive 100 lost teams with the same staff you can't
1: no and you know but I, I I will say that like there have been it is not uncommon it's not common but it's not unheard of where teams just decide, especially at, at the hitting coach position it's just not a good fit or, or it yeah. just has not worked and they make a quick change
0: yeah and I think that's so, what we're in for this time too.
1: Well, I hope so. I mean, I'm not rooting for anyone to lose their job, but I would just say from a sheer, uh, you know, what you're looking for in a performance standpoint, that sometimes with hitting, because you got to make quicker changes. And, 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 and I have seen that from time to time in baseball over the years.
0: Well, I'm a root. So let's go ahead and play the uh, call your shot.
1: Thing. Yeah, let's do call your shot. Hey, Gary and Jim, looking at the contracts of Aaron Ashby and Michael Harris II, do you think those would be good starting points for the Pirates with Ronzi Contreras and O'Neal Cruz? As always, let's go, Bucks. All
0: right, and we're back, and that was our friend Brandon Richards. And good question, man. Um, Jim, you want to take this one first? What did you think? Yeah, I
1: mean, he, he, he mentions. Uh, And Harris from the Braves. Right. Um, And kind of what we're, what we're thinking about with extensions and whatnot. Yeah, I go, I think I could, I think I day to day, I could probably answer this one differently. Um, When I look at a guy like Rowanzi, I, I, I think he's so young it would be great to lock him up, but then I worry about what happens if he got arm problems and then you're on the hook for somebody. And there. he's already had some. So, yeah. Yeah. I mean, there have been a, nothing, nothing super scary, but enough to that.
0: Well, I mean, he was on the shelf for, I think it was a little over two months last year with elbow soreness, right. which, you know, that's not a good thing.
1: No, no. no. Um, O'Neal Cruz, what the heck would you do with him right now?
0: I don't know. Some people would tell you, just from what you're seeing, it's too early. Some people would tell you, okay, but even like maybe being 20% of what you think he can be, look what he's doing. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, at, at worst, he's Polanco. At best, he's, you know, you got out in front of something like Juan Soto potentially.
1: That that, that, that to me, is a tougher one than Contreras, to be quite honest with you. I mean,
0: I don't know what I would advise there. I mean, first, we could go down the road of will the Pirates do that sort of thing. I hope so. I think that's the only way that you, that a team like the Pirates can can truly ever compete is to lock up guys early on that they know are good through arbitration plus a couple of years. Right. And, um,
1: the Braves certainly seem to have it figured out. Sure. But they've been a lot more sure about these guys, too, I think.
0: Well, they've let them play, out, too.
1: Yeah, out the gate. Well, and then they've performed.
0: Yeah, and they I let mean, them play. They didn't piss yeah. around with them. When they were ready, they were ready. They brought them up. They played them. They extended them. Sure. That's it. No games. No no need for back and forth. If you're ready up here, you're up here. That's what they did with every single one of them, and they made good decisions. I respect the hell out of the Braves. I ne- I, know, I'll tell you, something I could never see myself saying Back in nineteen
1: ninety-two. No, no, that's a different. That's a different uh, era. You, you, you were. You, you didn't. You didn't. You didn't. It was more of a hatred and a fear of the Braves than a respect for them back then.
0: The only thing I respected about the Braves back then was Terry Pendleton. That's it. Now looking back through the prism of history, Greg Maddux, all, all of them. Uh-huh. But the organization now, the way they've done things, smart, yeah, smart. To have everything they have with a payroll of like 180 million is unbelievable. Unbelievably well constructed team.
1: It is. It's, it's very it, tidy. Like it, but but you know the parts, uh, you know, uh, they're in a different position. So I and and quite honestly with Cruz, it's kind of funny. We're seeing the reverse of what happened with Hayes when we called him up um and he got that first taste and went nuts. Yeah. Cruz it's kind of going the other way.
0: Right. He showed me warts first almost. Yeah, right. yeah,
1: so it's a, it's an interesting um, you know, an an, an interesting, you know, oh, what sort of I'm looking for. It's just it's just flipped completely in reverse.
0: Yeah. So I mean still I think those are risks they're going to have to take. So I would suggest if you were to do cruise, you'd, you'd want like seven, eight years right now for 80, 90 million is what I'd offer something like that.
1: Well, if you're certainly talking about maybe trying to get it on a, a little bit uh, more reasonable scale, now would be the time. Now's the it.
0: perfect time, right? Because yeah. if he comes out next year and just rakes, right. just absolutely rakes figures it out, hits 35, 40 home runs. I'm not predicting that. I'm just saying if he does that and hits like 260.
1: Then you can double that contract. Oh,
0: easily, easily. Then, you know, he's really probably played himself out of town. So it's a bet you can make and and maybe you'll win. And if you don't, well, you're stuck with Polanco again. That's all. Then maybe it's somewhere in between because let's not let's not act like 10 million is ridiculous for somebody that's going to hit 25 home runs. It's not.
1: No, people here tend to think that that's too much. But yeah, across but baseball, if you want to play big boy
0: baseball and you want to advise big boy baseball then yeah, yeah across that's baseball
1: a, that's just business as usual. That's a
0: risk you take. Sure. That's all. If you if not, he's probably a player you don't keep. You probably don't keep him past his arbitration years which is why they held him back in the minors this year to begin with. So they're pretty much already showing you their top card.
1: Yeah. I think you can
0: keep this guy.
1: That's that's a good point. Um, But, yeah, if you were looking to approach him, now would be the time because uh, he's probably more open to it than he would be if he came up and was just blistering the baseball all over the place. Now, Ruanzy,
0: I mean, even if he does have arm trouble, which – I'll go ahead and pencil it in.
1: Yeah, yeah, I think because that's the
0: thing. I, I just think it's a rite of passage anymore, and I'm not wishing mm-hmm. ill on the kid. I, I Certainly, hey, whatever you worship, I'll do your cross for you. <laughs> I don't want him to get hurt, but let's just say it happens. You sign that kid for seven, eight years. He's out for a year and a half rehabbing During in that period of time somewhere. He's still a valuable arm. He's still somebody you're going to want around most likely. He's well, probably going to rehab pretty well. He's a hard worker, good trainer.
1: He's young. Yeah, a lot you of good I mean? things
0: to like there. I he, he might be around that same area, maybe a little less. He's probably closer to Hayes as far as, you know, paychecks go. Mm-hmm. I would say.
1: I would I would say on the pit, starting pitching front if if they do think Rowan he is what he is, and I happen to think he is and I uh it's a it's a risk on that side i'd be willing to take because it's we talk about needing some hard to high come end, by high end starting pitching is hard to come by if you think you have one and i happen to think he is then i yeah, would explore it
0: i also think most starting pitchers real good ones anyway most of them the ones that become really like legendary good They're not good until that first period of time is over. After the arbitration, they're not really themselves. Like, look at Max Scherzer. Look how much better he was after he finished his arbitration cycle out with Detroit. Yeah. Look at how much better he got. Look at how much better a lot of players have gotten. (laughs) So.
1: Well, look at—I uh, mean, even if you want to throw Mitch Keller in there, who is by no means completely arrived, but sure. a lot but of now growing he's pains.
0: Arbitration, yeah, a lot so of growing So now you're going to get pains. three more years of him, and you hope that he continues to progress. By that third right. year, if they don't have him signed, he'll probably be a pitcher that everybody really, really wants. He'll probably be Danny Nagel. This this exact same progression took place with him.
1: Yeah, and I'm trying to think of anybody like nowadays where what what he, he, he's Mitch Keller would get a nice payday. Sure. I mean he would.
0: Yeah, and like Chad Cool was probably as close as we've come to that sort of thing. He had worked his way back to the certain point where by ARB three he was an acceptable pitcher. Mm-hmm. That's it. Now You talk about the ceiling being higher for somebody like Ruanzi. Well, by year by arb three, he's probably a pretty darn good pitcher, you know. Right. The Indians have the same problem, so they have to extend guys like Shane Bieber, and you know they they get out in front of it and try to extend them early, and then they sell off that back end of the of the ticket if the team's not going to be in contention, like Clevenger,
1: right. Yeah, Yeah. I. Yeah, so, t- so to to go back to the, the question is, is, yeah, I'd explore it. I'd explore it with both of them. There, there's definitely some risk with both of them. I mean, for altogether different reasons.
0: Yeah, that said, this is a team that, you know, they still haven't committed to their best player. Right. So really, it's a great question because it's something that the Pirates should be thinking about. You're absolutely right to ask it, and yes, they absolutely should do everything in their power to look at teams like the Atlanta Braves and try to model themselves after them. But the reality is, until they do things that they already have on their plate and should have already kind of knocked off, to me, I, I'm I'm not going to bother thinking
1: about it. It's a little, it's a, it's a little bit, um, yeah, it's a little bit wishful thinking until we see Brian Reynolds. With some ink dried on a contract and things of that nature.
0: Yeah, and it, that's that's just where it is. I wish it was better. I wish it wasn't such a dark show, but I can't help it. When things are bad, things are bad, <laughs> and we need to call a spade a spade. And, and sometimes the team just needs hammered.
1: And well, yeah, and, and you know, let me just say this. This is this is how I'll leave it tonight. Is like, I think what it, what has ended up happening to a little bit on. Uh, uh, social media is is and it's a shame is uh i really don't think the fans hate the players i i you know like it, it's it's they're getting caught in the crossfire here the, and there's some collateral damage there i think you know when you go to the games you don't hear they're not booing the players like right. they're they're booing
0: they only they only boo Mason
1: yeah right they're, they're they're booing this is this is past the players the players are getting trampled on to hate bob nutting and right that that's a shame um it, it it creates a little bit of a toxic situation but i truly don't think the fans are sitting here and yes there are a couple couple uh players that people don't like but it's performance related and um, I think, by and large, this fan base appreciates the players in the sense that they're trying to do the best they can, but, boy, they really don't like Bob Nutting, and they're, and they're getting trampled on a little bit. So just thought I'd add that, that um, that's kind of how I see it.
0: I mean, it, you're right. It's kind of like uh, – it's hard to classify – what, what happens on social media because some people are there just to irritate people you know so you don't know what, what's actual opinion and what's what's just somebody trying to get the rocks off a little bit but I would say for the most part the players have been relatively off limits except for the daily double of hatred you know Josh Van Meter has been a magnet all year Yoshi was a magnet all year and this last three weeks anybody that they call up or replace or get off the waiver wire is, is an absolute target. It doesn't yep. matter who they are because at this point everybody is sick of seeing other people's scraps. We have our own scraps.
1: It's we should more have the, our
0: own guys up here.
1: Yeah, it's the symbolism of it more than anything. More than the the player itself.
0: Like, I'd rather see Cam View up here than Manny Benzuelos. And that's nothing against Manny, per se. I actually think he's been kind of okay.
1: Yeah, he has been.
0: Yeah. But if we're not going to keep him, let's see Cam View. Let's just... He's 29. (laughs) Like, what are we doing here? You're not going to keep him on the 40, man like never get him up here let's see maybe he's a bullpen lefty you need one he did okay when he was up here until you blew his heart out yep like let's let's just use our own stuff let's stop getting other people's trash catcher was different i know i made a big deal about godoy and he was just this catcher but that they didn't really have a choice there you know another injury to Heinemann so be it
1: yeah these these guys like the the van meters the yoshis the new the new one will be padlo uh kevin padlo they're 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 a symbol they're an idea of of what's wrong is in and, and i don't think anybody's going to the ballpark necessarily to, to boo Brian Reynolds and O'Neal Cruz and everybody wants them to do well
0: they're the part so, of HodgePodge that makes it true and yeah. the rest of them are what makes Eckersley ill-informed because if you're calling Cal Mitchell HodgePodge or Bly Madras HodgePodge or that's different because they're mm-hmm. kids so of course you don't know who the hell they are right. just like Ninety percent of everyone else's fan base won't know who Tristan Cautious is when you call him up.
1: Yep. Yeah. They, I mean, he he he's just not familiar with the situation, so he's just he was he he was off. It's the right conclusion. It just was off how he got there. Right.
0: So I'll leave you with this before I toss it off to Ben this week. Um, I think. The Dennis Eckersley comments were A-OK for everybody to deal with. And I'll remind the pirates that they could always make it untrue.
1: Oh, what? <laughs> what? <laughs> they, they can could, do something about it? They could
0: always make it a liar. Right? They could always it, fix it and make it go somewhere. How do people get a hold of you, brother?
1: So yeah, uh, Twitter all the time, and that has been a challenge of, of late. If, uh, but uh, but you know, we're getting through it. It is at Jim twenty two or for the City underscore four one two, and uh, Penguins and Pirates and Pitt and Steelers. So we've got a lot, a lot of sports happening here in the next month or so.
0: Yep, and you know me, Garymo two zero zero seven on Twitter. Check me out. I'm on Facebook too, but uh, try not to be very often. Um, check Bless out my other po- <laughs> check out my other podcast, the H two P podcast on DK Pittsburgh Sports. Comes out every Sunday morning with Chris, uh, Corey Christen, and uh, yeah, until uh, next week. And hopefully, there's a few wins to report. Ben take it away if you still have the energy, kid. Yes, yeah, but.